Hey everybody, welcome to the Spirit of South Park. What a great impersonation. I think that was right on. Holy shit, we just killed your friend. I have nothing against kicking babies. I laughed hysterically the whole way through. I mean, obviously, I, I can't. I, I, I obviously was, I mean, Barbara Streisand. Well, this certainly does suck right here. Welcome back to the Spirit of South Park podcast. I'm your host, Drew, and today we are going to talk about Season 3, Episode 8, Two Guys Naked in a Hot Tub. And I am very excited to... Uh, talk about this episode with two people, two guests today, and they are from the I Learned Something Today podcast. Please welcome Amanda and Sophie. How are you two doing today? Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. We're doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Excited, maybe just a little nervous because like I mentioned before we started recording, this is the first time I've ever really had a, a solo show with people I don't know in person or in life. So this is kind of... Kind of different, but it's definitely going to be fun. I'm excited. We've been planning this for a few months, maybe. Maybe even longer than that, because I don't record quickly. <laughs> Us either. <laughs> so at least we can relate there. So first of all, go ahead and tell the listeners about your show, then talk a little bit about your experience with South Park. For sure. I can take this if you want, Amanda. Sure. So we have a podcast called I Learned Something Today, and is exactly like it sounds. So we take the category that the Spirit of South Park has, the irreverence category, and we just expand on those parodies in real life. And we hope that people walk away from it having maybe a bit of a chuckle and obviously learning something. Definitely. I know I've listened to uh, quite a few episodes and I was actually just listening to the, uh, uh, the one that went with, went with prehistoric Iceman earlier today. And I definitely learned more about cryonics than I ever thought I would have known. It was uh, just, I, I liked just the approach of taking the deeper things in South Park and expanding on them. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, Sophie and I were talking one day about South Park and how all the underlying complex social issues and constructs and ideas and why doesn't anybody talk about that? So we decided to start talking about it. You, you hear people talk about just the surface of it, you know, like, oh, well, this is, and that's what we do here with our episode scores. We look at the surface of said issue, but we don't dive deeper into it. And you two absolutely do, you know, dive deeper into it. And, and uh, it's it's really a fun way to approach it and to look at it. So I, I really like what you do there. And I'm looking forward to when you come through with season three here uh, before too long, hopefully. So Absolutely. Like you said, uh, we are also slow to record. I think I have the entire season of season three recorded and we just need to edit it. So listeners, support your podcasters. It's hard work <laughs> and yeah. Drew's yeah. doing yeah. a great job. <laughs> I'm trying. I'll say that. But the point is, you know, it's not a full-time job and this is something we do for fun. So go ahead and talk a little bit about your experience with, with South Park on an individual level. Sure. Um, honestly, just growing up, South Park was always something that you weren't really allowed to watch in the house, so you had to watch it at friends' houses, but it was hilarious. And then coming into my later years, when I could actually sit down and fully understand it, I was like, they actually have a lot to say, and they're funny. It's 
it's fantastic. I just really appreciate everything that they do and the messages they convey in such a fun, safe way, but also hilarious. <laughs> uh, what about you, Sophie? Same kind of thing. It was the only show I wasn't allowed to watch, which is strange when you think about like The Simpsons and Family Guy, like <laughs> kind of on the same level in a weird way, but I for some reason that was the only one so I avoided it and it wasn't until probably my early 20s and a friend was watching the South Park movie and they were like hey uh do you want to watch this like the show and admittedly maybe that's not really a great start to watching South Park when it's you know (laughs) blame Canada uh (laughs) Satan (laughs) you know so I definitely the way to start Right. So I think at that point I was like, yeah, no, this isn't the show to me. And actually, it was the musical Book of Mormon that got me into South Park. Really? Yeah, because it's written by Matt and Trey, went to go see it. And a huge part of that musical is talking about um, women um, in Africa and um, genital mutilation. Sorry, trigger warning. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) South Park. And anyway, and so when I was talking with someone about that and they were saying, oh, yeah, you know, that actually does happen still in Africa. So I actually sat down and started watching South Park itself and was like, yeah, this is really, I shouldn't say educational, but actually very smart. A a lot deeper than what those other shows you mentioned were. Now, I definitely don't need a number here. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out and I should have asked this before we started recording. I'm 35. I was growing up as this was coming out. And you say you say the Book of Mormon is kind of what pulled you into it. So I'm imagining you're younger than 35. A little younger, yes, okay. but okay. I'd say what the first episode of South Park came out in 1997, I think. Yes. Yes. So I think, actually, Amanda, I'm going to quote you because I think you said this on one of our episodes. When South Park came out, we were pooping our pants. (laughs) (laughs) I think this would be where I would say I was too, but that's that's a whole different story. We'll just let that one go. Um, (laughs) I already have in here, uh, we already talked about your podcast a little bit. Uh, We got an idea of when you started watching South Park. Uh, Amanda, was it kind of the same for you when you first started watching it? Do you remember what your first episode was or how long it kind of took you to get hooked? can't necessarily remember my first episode. Uh, I remember, yeah, in my later 20s getting into it and spending a good chunk of time on the couch just watching the Game of Thrones um, trilogy <laughs> that Cal Park did just back to back, just like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm assuming you're into Game of Thrones too then and you kind of enjoyed the play there. Yeah, oh yeah. And just all of their reference humor too. Every, it's just amazing. Interesting. And I, I always enjoy hearing how people come to South Park or, or kind of get into it because it's, it's different for everybody and I, I I mean, both your stories there are very different as to how you got into it. And I mean, it was it was enough to bring you to the point that you wanted to create a podcast, which is absolutely incredible. I was just going to say how we created that podcast is kind of what Amanda mentioned, um, that we both kind of figured out there was a smartness to it. But we actually used to work together and it wasn't until we were on like a work trip just driving back and it was like, hey, like do you like South Park? And, you know, you spend hours talking in the car. And then at the end, we were like, let's start a podcast. (laughs) And I'm trying to think you started, was it the end of 2020? Um, That's a great question. (laughs) Part of me wants to say it was 20. I remember it was St. Patrick's Day. 
Uh, yeah, I think it was the, well, the work trip you're talking about, Soph, was right before the pandemic hit. And then I think we started it, I want to say, yeah, towards the end of 2020, we actually sat down and started recording it after working it out. You're right, yeah. So yeah, I guess we've been doing it for about a year now. Okay. And if the pandemic was great for anything, it was great for people deciding they needed to create podcasts, because that's, that's how we got started here as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy time, but it was nice to take something and make it out of the uncertainty. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad that uh, in both cases here, it's still going on. Speaking of something you said earlier, you said support your podcasters. And this is where I always give a shout out to the supporters that we have. We have it set up on Anchor where you can make a monthly donation. And Pat Martin has been donating to the show here for roughly probably a year and a half, 18 months, somewhere in that range. Um, so thank you, Pat. Um, you're a frequent guest on the show. People know you and your voice, and you'll be back here soon, but we appreciate that. You're awesome, uh, Pat. Listener. <laughs> listener comments. I don't have a whole lot. I just released 3.2 last night. Um, I've been told by a few people with good audio ears that my editing skills are getting better, so I will take that and run with it. I do also know I had a listener that told me the Jesus drop from the last episode was probably the best drop I've ever caught from editing. Um, I don't know if you've listened to that episode by chance, but you'll know what I'm talking about if, if you do. Any, any comments that either of you have about the show since you're here? No pressure. No, I mean, um, <laughs> obviously, it's it's so different from what we do. So yeah, yeah. I'm really excited that you invited us on here because then we can kind of look at this episode in a different view. And um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of excited to see, you know, years and years and years from now, because they keep getting renewed. Um, <laughs> what will be your number one episode? Yes. And at this point, it's still uh, episode five from season two, Chicken Lover. It's sitting with a very high score to the point that I don't know if anything's ever going to be able to knock it off the top or not. Until tonight. Until no. tonight. <laughs> um, Challenge I, accepted. I will be very impressed if that happens. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Loose Ends here. Season 3 in general, you two have recorded most of Season 3, if not all of Season 3, you said. Are there any episodes that really stand out to you, you think about in Season 3 as favorites or something that was a really good one for you to record on with your show. Personally, I love, so obviously with this episode, how they split it into three. So I really yeah. liked the episodes we did for this one. But I also have to say Rainforest is one of my favorites of season <laughs> three, just with Jennifer Aniston. And mm -hmm. um, what about you, Amanda? Uh, uh, yeah, personally for me, Sexual Harassment Panda is a great yes. one. That was a lot of fun to record. And we talk about some really great stuff. I don't want to give anything away. Um, <laughs> and yeah, honestly, all around, just a very interesting season. I like progressing through and seeing kind of where they start to toe the line a bit more and a bit more and they get more courageous and it's even better knowing what they end up doing in the later seasons and just watching them have that progression. Yeah, and I think if anything about going back over the early seasons, it has been great for seeing how far the show has come. And just with each episode, you see different ways that they try different things to see what they can get away with. Today's episode that we're going to talk about is no different or no exception to that rule um, because they, they really push the envelope here, I think. Let's go ahead and get into our preview for 
episode 3.8, Two Guys Naked in a Hot Tub. And I always start this off by reading um, from my blog entry that I make. I just do a little entry about what I remember about the episode uh, before I get into it and watch it again and kind of refresh my memory. So, Two Guys Naked in a Hot Tub aired July 21st, 1999. As I continue to get further into the series, I'm realizing that maybe I've forgotten more about South Park than I thought. I know I have seen this episode. However, my memories of it are faint. Honestly, I'm getting it mixed up with the Saturday Night Live skit with Will Ferrell in a hot tub. Anyway, I do know that this episode is the second part of the Meteor Shower trilogy. The first episode did not jive well with our scoring system, so I'm scared for this one too. My visit to Wikipedia tells me that this episode focuses mostly on Stan and Randy. It also tells me that this is Butter's first real appearance in the series. If I remember correctly, Gerald and Randy are the two guys in the hot tub. Let's find out. So for anybody who is playing along at home, this is where you should pause. Go uh, get out your DVDs, fire up HBO Max, watch your legal stream, whatever you're going to do, and score the episode and come back and see what we have to say. All right, now that they're gone, let's get into the plot review. Amanda and Sophie, the floor is yours. Awesome. So for anyone who listens to our podcast, we're going to do a recap because you don't have time for that. (laughs) Stan is complaining that he has to go to the meteor shower party with his parents. Upon arrival, he's led to the basement and stuck in the kids' room. The only kids there, to Stan's horror, are the three Melvins from school, Pip, Butters, and Dougie. Stan is freaked out at having to spend the night with the geeks. Upstairs, Mr. Mackey shows Randy, Sharon, Gerald, and Sheila his newly installed hot tub. Sharon and Sheila say they will not get in since they have nothing to wear, but Randy and Gerald immediately jump in. In the basement, Pip, Butters, and Dougie have finished playing a British game that Pip has introduced. Stan refuses to participate in their games, and the others find women's clothing and decide to play Charlie's Angels. Stan is given the role of Bowlesley. Bowlesley? Bowlesley. Bosley. <laughs> in order to, <laughs> I was like British knowledge. Let's go. Um, no worries. I got you. I got you. In order to go upstairs, he gives them the task of finding a way out of the basement, which they do. In the hot tub, Randy and Gerald ask each other about what they will do at the party. They choose to have a night of experimentation, while Jared explains he is smoking a cigar because he never has before. Randy asks Gerald if he's ever had a gay fantasy, and Gerald explains that he has, always thought of watching another guy masturbate. The fantasy then becomes reality. Upstairs, Stan has the others find find him some cookies and a TV in order to fulfill their next mission. Outside, the AFT has arrived upon expecting or suspecting the party to be some kind of religious cult that will commit suicide upon the beginning of the meteor shower. Over to you, Amanda. So next, Stan turns on the TV and discovers the ATF is outside and that they are planning to destroy the building in order to stop the cult. The boys embark on their biggest mission, to stop the ATF and prove it's a normal party. Downstairs, Randy is having an extreme problem with just having watched Gerald masturbate. Everywhere he goes, he's thinking about people talking about it. Gerald seems to be more, quote, emotional, and this leads Randy to shout out what he did. All the men admit that they have done it too, and that doesn't make you gay. Butters tried to explain to his parents about the ATF, but they were too drunk to notice. They then make a mock news report to explain what is going on in the house with the help of Dougie. 
They need to take the tape downstairs, but cannot go out the front door since they will be shot at as they were before. Pip uses his archery skills to shoot a plunger into Officer Barberi's head and butter slides down onto it to get them the news report. The ATF has tried everything from playing extremely loud share with gigantic speakers to using police negotiations. Then it is planned to use a missile launcher to destroy the entire house. Because, I mean, that makes the most sense, right? The newsman asks the ATF if they have any proof, but the ATF leader just tells him that they are wrong, that they know what they're doing. The newsman reminds the ATF that the last time they did this without any proof, they ended up killing innocent people. The newsmen at the event show the news tape and explain it's just a party. The ATF accidentally launches the missile and it destroys three other houses. The ATF leader conveys by covers by explaining that it was just a simulation and they all leave. Stan explains to the others that they should not ridicule them and that they are actually okay people. Kyle shows up with Ike from Jew Scouts suddenly and Stan begins to mock the Melvins once again. Stan, Kyle, and Ike go inside to talk about Kyle's night. Absolutely fantastic job on the recap there. I have nothing to add. I honestly felt like I was in like third grade again listening to the teacher read a story. I just, I need to hire you guys to do my recaps all the time. That was (laughs) was wonderful. (laughs) Let's just start with our very basic thoughts here. Sophie, what was your reaction to this episode? I love this episode, except I felt when I was scoring it, I was being really harsh. Um, (laughs) But I do really like this episode because like you said, this is the first kind of, I think it is the first episode that Butters is in. It is. But I love it because Pip is in it and Pip's one of my favorite characters. Okay. Okay. So I don't know, maybe, maybe because he's British and I'm British, but like, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) just him being in there is just perfect. But yeah, and like I said, I kind of love what Matt and Trey did by telling basically the same night and splitting it up into three episodes. Yeah, I'm still kind of torn on how I feel about that. And I think probably the the biggest reason I have those feelings are because of the score system and how imperfect it is but i i know the episode that ran before this did not did not fare well but on its own it's it's a good episode amanda what were your thoughts on this episode oh it's a fantastic episode the moment they started blasting the shared to make people get out of the house. I was just like, oh, okay, here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that that might be my favorite part of the whole episode is just how relentlessly they mocked Cher. It sounds like her song that was popular at that point in time, but obviously it's it's not. And, and that song in and of itself is one of my favorite things. I like to speak to people in lyrics. So when somebody will say something like, I believe... And then talk about it, and I'll be like, but do you believe in life after love? <laughs> it's, it either hits or they look at me like I'm crazy. Anyway, so that, that definitely had a, a big connection for me there. My thoughts here with this episode are first, and, and I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but you two are the first female guests on The Spirit of South Park. Yay! <laughs> and I don't know if there would be a more appropriate episode to have you two on, than two guys naked in a hot tub. <laughs> of course, of course. 
course. That That's my first thought, because we're, we're going to get all kinds of perspective here. I do think that when I was younger, when this episode came out, so 99, when this came out, I would have been 13. The homophobia was probably so strong in, you know, 13-year-old Drew's mind that he probably didn't even watch this episode. As embarrassing as that is to admit, because I don't have a lot of memory of it. But there, I do remember certain things like the share and the negotiator or the, you know, the, the big cannon they bring in. And I'll kind of explain some of that later on. But I definitely, but I definitely enjoyed, enjoyed this episode, this episode more, more now watching now as, an adult as an adult than, than what my memories, what my memories were coming, were into, coming it, into it, if that makes if sense. That makes oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. I think, too, when you have a podcast that is specifically for a TV show, and you're looking at it in such a different lens than when you're just watching it like regularly, I kind of feel like you do enjoy it a bit more because maybe you are picking up on more things. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many times each of you watched it to prepare for this. I think I saw this episode probably four times in the process. I usually do two, but in this case, there were a couple things I felt like I missed, so I went back a few times. And I, it, no matter how many times I watch it, I feel like I'm picking up more. Oh, every time. Every time, yeah. And I don't know if that's that's part of being an adult or if that's just a South Park thing. Let's go ahead and get into some of those things we picked up. Let's talk about our character scores. And what I'll do is I'll start off with a character here. And we'll all just kind of take turns going first and talking about uh, the character, what they did in the episode, and kind of what... Uh, what our score was for them. And I'll put them into the spreadsheet as we go along too. So um, let's talk about Stan first. Now I should, I should interject here before and let the listeners know that we adjusted the scoring system since there is not a core four available within this episode. We decided to make Stan worth four points instead of the standard three. And then Randy and Gerald are worth four points each as well. So we still get our 12 points but we're getting it from three characters instead of four. All right, so let's talk about Stan. Amanda, why don't you start? Sure. sure. Um, I will preface my scoring with, I don't know if it's the inner Canadian in me, but I thought I was being harsh, but all my scores ended up being quite high. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually gave Stan a 3.5 out of four. Okay. I just love how he took in a took an episode and took a situation that he was thrown in that I'm sure all of us were thrown into when we were kids. You have to hang out with your parents' <laughs> friends. You have to be in the basement. And he made the most of out of it. He ended up getting a TV. He got snacks. He got out of the basement. Like, to me, that's a win. Like, he also saved everybody's life at the party. But you know what? He got a TV. He got snacks. He got had a fun time in a bad situation. So I gave him a 3.5. I like that. And I... I think you hit on it there. We can all relate to that feeling of when we were kids being stuck in a room, maybe in the basement, maybe somewhere else, or even being stuck at the kids' table. Mm-hmm. It's that exact same kind of thing. 3.5. Okay. Uh, Sophie. Oh, Amanda, you rated him so high. Um, (laughs) I might have been too high. No, no, it's good. It's good. And I feel like we also have to preface and say, you know, we have a South Park podcast. Uh, We won't be offended if you don't like our scores. Like (laughs) (laughs) the scoring system is imperfect. Do not worry. (laughs) So I rated him a two. Yeah, I felt like that was a little high just because kind of like you were saying, because the core four isn't there, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, well, what is Stan like normally when he's not hanging out with his friends, you know, when he's not like 
you know, talking to Kenny or like beefing on Cartman or whatever the case may be, right? So mm -hmm. I did find like he took such a backseat in this episode with the three kind of uh, stories going on at the same time. But and that's that's one thing with this episode too is that there were three different plot lines going on instead of your standard one or two, um, which I thought made it a little more complicated to score. So Amanda came in definitely higher than, than Sophie did, but I am actually, I have the exact same score as one of you. And I agree with Amanda. I knew it. <laughs> Stan was fantastic in this episode, just because, I think because the dread of being stuck with the, quote, Melvins was, was so relatable. And then to see how he, as you said, took it a, a bad situation and turned it into a positive, he, he decided to find a way, to use it to find a way out. And he just kept solving bigger problems as he went on until, you know, he's negotiating with the ATF. It wasn't, it wasn't the main role that we're used to seeing Stan in. Maybe, maybe even a little more devious than what we're used to seeing Stan do. And I was here for it. You know, give me, give me more episodes with Stan like that. So I went with a 3.5 as well. The term Melvins, is that something that either of you had heard before this episode? Can't say I have. No, yeah. No, I had. I, I meant to kind of look into that to see if that was a South Park thing or if that was a thing in that time that I was unaware of. But okay. Like maybe it's like, because he kind of explains like that they're the geeks. So maybe there was a Melvin character back then or... Yeah, that's what that's what I'm not sure. I mean, you can definitely figure out what they're getting at, but I never in my life have I called someone a Melvin. Let's go on to Randy. And let's see, Sophie, why don't you talk about Randy first? Sure. So um, you're going to notice a trend with the three main characters of this episode for myself. <laughs> so I rated Randy a 2.5. And just the reason for this is that Randy's character... If we compare Randy's character to episodes coming out now compared to season three, uh, um, he's developed a lot. He's changed yes, a bit. Yes. Uh, so trying to find his true character um, sometimes is very hard. I think when it's in the new or sorry, in the um, older episodes and seasons. That being said, I did write uh, Randy the highest. So. Oh wow. Okay. Out of the three. Okay. Out of the three. <laughs> For those of you who are regular listeners, Wes might need to watch out. We might have a new... Uh, we might have somebody who scores more lowly than Wes. That sounds terrible. I'll come up with something better to say. <laughs> Wes is my friend who's well known for one of the highest rated episodes we have. He gave a 29.1 and it came in at like a 40. And so we always make fun of him. But it's only two scores. You know, that could change. Amanda, how did you feel about Randy? Uh, I love Randy in this episode. <laughs> He's absolutely absolutely hilarious from the get-go. Um, but I did only rate him a three just because I know what Randy is to come. Yeah. And I, I like... Yeah, he's not living up to his full randiness at the moment. I think that's a good way to look at it. You both mentioned it, and that didn't even cross my mind. Just the fact that Randy has an expectation, similar to how in early episodes Cartman has an expectation. And if they don't live up to that expectation, you're disappointed. My notes on Randy say he regrets the whole experience in the hot tub, and he's super awkward about it. Um, he argues with Gerald, you know, not like a big argument but this is the kind of thing that is stereotypically done in every television show ever 
couple has an awkward moment. There's the the one that's looking for reassurance, and there's the one who's just trying to act like it never happened. That's what they pull off here. So as cliche as it is, it was still a Randy episode. I have that soft spot for him too, so I gave Randy a 3.2. I will lead off here with talking about Gerald. So very unimaginative here. I felt like Gerald and Randy, their scores should be pretty close together because their whole story arc, they were doing the same thing. They were together, obviously together in the hot tub. Then the rest of the episode, their involvement was, as I just kind of explained with Randy, the whole back and forth of it's awkward, but are we still friends? As I said, he's looking for reassurance. And the other thing I have here in my notes about Gerald is he says, you're yelling at me at some point. And, and like I said, it just goes back to that cliche of you know, couples arguments kind of thing there. So I also gave Gerald a 3.2. Now, Gerald's not as funny as Randy, but I do enjoy when Gerald can get some screen time because I feel like he, he's got a different background or kind of a different expectation than what Randy does. Uh, Amanda, what did you think of Gerald? Uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah, you definitely have a different expectation when it comes to Gerald. He just presents himself a bit more seriously, and so for him to be the one in the hot tub, it was quite entertaining. Also, just, am I the only one who was a little bit uncomfortable with the way they animated his body here? <laughs> <laughs> it was the one thing I picked up on right away. I'm like, why did they do it like that? Hmm. <laughs> so, that was my thing. Um, so I gave Gerald a two, just because uh, it was still a really good episode with him. Um, but I just couldn't get over the body. Here. I, do it. I just thought about it through the rest of the episode. I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, it didn't really cross my mind at the time, but now that you've mentioned it, I'm going to be thinking about it a lot too, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, I've shattered the glass for everybody. I'm terribly sorry. Uh, Sophie, how did you score Gerald? Oh, so low. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the more we were talking about it, the more... I, I'm like, okay, no, I'm, I'm sticking with this score. So I gave him a 1.9, not a 2. And I think the reason is, is exactly what you're saying. Like, you see him as a lawyer, and I know in this episode, he's not as serious. He's going with that cliche of being, like, super whiny and, like, you know. Yes. But yes. It, I think, and as you will see when we start talking about the secondary characters, because I was not really invested in a lot of the main characters, I was just like, I'll give you a 1.9. <laughs> Not good enough to be half, but close enough. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I, I said I gave him a 3.2, and as I started talking about it, it's like his score is boosted up by Randy's involvement in the whole situation. Realistically, if, if I was scoring him on his own involvement in the episode, that number should probably be a lot lower. Now you two have given me something to think about here. Let's talk about the secondary characters. Sophie, it sounded like you were pretty excited to talk about them. This, out of all of the scoring from character scores to episode scores, this is the only one I gave a perfect 10. Like oh. a perfect score. Wow, you and... went big. <laughs> I went from zero to 100 on them. <laughs> <laughs> How much of that is backed by Pip? Oh, <laughs> well, now you mention it. Chip, 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 chip. Um, no. 9.5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, like, the, I would say if I looked at the episode itself, my favorite parts were all about the AFT, anything the Melvins were doing, if it's Dougie trying to be a reporter, or, yeah, Pip just being Pip, or, yeah, bringing out the negotiator canon. I 
just felt like those characters really stole the show. I did leave one thing out that I usually do before we get into scores with that. The list of secondary characters from this episode. Let me know if I missed anybody. We've got Mr. Mackey. We've got Pip, Butters, uh, Sharon Marsh, Dougie, Mr. Garrison, Sheila Bruflovsky, Officer Barbrady, all of the ATF agents, Jimbo, Ned, and then I have Cameron written here, and I have no idea who that is. I don't remember. And Juanita, which is like Mackie's helper. Was there anybody I missed there? No, I don't think so. Like, I know if people want to get specific, the only one I can think of is the commander's name is Commander Danny Gans. Yes. But (laughs) other than that. (laughs) Which could come into play later in the show, so I'm glad you said that. Amanda, secondary character. Uh, So just like Soph, I really liked the secondary characters and also gave them a 10 out of 10. Wow. Woo! I respect it. Yeah. The ATF police uh, were incredible in themselves, and then you add the drunken partygoers into that, and the introduction of Butters, and as Sophie said, Pam, it, it was just the perfect little trio of stories being told together that was just amazing by the secondary characters alone. Like, they could have stolen the show, and yeah. It was so good. <laughs> Very well. I came in lower. I did not go for the full 10. I've gone for the full 10 a lot on secondary characters because they can just carry so many episodes. Mr. Mackey, if you've listened to me at any point, you know he is like my all-time favorite character. So him being there, but I don't feel like they utilized him as well as they could have. I mean, he is the whole reason that things go the way they do in the episode because he has the hot tub. Um, I suppose that's another way to look at it. I did enjoy Sharon was kind of a focus to the point of the fact that she was drunk and she doesn't normally drink and she was just absolutely gone. I think that she might have been the one they were trying to tell, hey, there's people outside that are going to come storm the house and I think she just passed out in front of them or something. This is Butter's first episode and I think that's something I probably should have maybe given a little more credit, but my score is not weak. And then just the the cameos from Jimbo and Ned, it was, they were strong But it wasn't my favorite use of secondary characters, and so I gave a 7.1. Still not bad, though. Mm -hmm, Still good. I feel all right with it. All right, so with all the character scores in, those numbers are added up. I believe our total score at this point could be as high as a 22. I'm sitting at a 17 even. Amanda, you're at an 18.5. And Sophie, you are at a 16.4. Not bad, not bad. There's two points kind of separating us all. I'd say that's all right. Maybe that gives us some validity since we're all in that same range there. Let's talk about what will be probably the strength here for you. I'm, I'm a little intimidated coming in talking about relevance and irreverence here with the episode score, but let's do it. With this episode, let's start with relevance. And what kind of relevance did you see here? Who would like to start first? I can take it if you want. Yeah, go ahead. So for relevance, um, I scored a 3.5 out of 5. To give some background, so when we did our episode on um, Two Guys Naked in a Hot Tub, my topic was about meteor showers and cults, specifically Heaven's Gate. Mm -hmm. And Amanda took um, major U.S. police uh, standoffs. Ooh. Once we get it reco- <laughs> or are edited, it'll be great. We just need uh, to time this so that we release within the same week and we'll be Oh set. my goodness. We'll <laughs> oh, yeah. So imagine? when you're hearing this, go check out and see if their episode has released yet. 
<laughs> but of course, so Heaven's Gate happened in 1996, yes. and this episode came out three years later. So pretty relevant there. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, cults aren't quote unquote popular as they were back then. I mean, they're still around today, but not so much. I feel like there's a comment I could make there, but that might really take us off. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> later, later. <laughs> <laughs> When we think of uh, two guys sitting in a hot tub, I always think of the vine where it's like two guys sitting in a hot tub, five feet apart because they're not gay. So I think of that every time we watch this episode. And then, yeah, to wrap it off, I mean, there are still police um, killing innocent people, right? So it is still relevant, um, but just... I mean, obviously, it's still a, a 90s episode, so it's not um, super 2022 feeling. <laughs> sure. Um, Amanda? Yeah, so apparently we're... I swear, Sophie and I did not talk about this beforehand, <laughs> but our scores seem to be on the same track at times. Because uh, I also gave it a 3.5. Okay. We often joke that we're the same person, and we're just kind of proving that in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought it was extremely relevant. Like Sophie said, my topic was mass police shootings and standoffs. And honestly, that moment where the couple gets shot and the officers just go like, okay, who saw them move? And everyone's like, oh, I did. Yeah, I did too. It's like, okay, that's a little bit too real, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I like to refer to as unintentional relevance. At the time, I mean, it was relevant then, but it's become so much more relevant in the last however many years, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'd say it was a very very relevant episode where they handled some pretty heavy topics. Um, We didn't actually select cults as our one topic because we... Was it the episode right before? The episode right behind uh, Soph that we did cults for or something about cults. I mean, we're always touching on cults. (laughs) I feel like you could use a, a lot of anywhere in the Meteor Shower trilogy there to really really use that as a part there so and apparently we just like to get dark with our topics sometimes so <laughs> <laughs> hey if the show takes you there that's what you have to do exactly <laughs> so i came in with the full five for relevance <laughs> yeah one thing you mentioned was police standoffs and the first thing that came to my mind with the whole situation here was uh waco in the waco siege are you familiar with that Amanda, I'm pretty sure you touched on that one. <laughs> want to say I did, yeah. That, to me, was what they were taking the biggest shot at. Now, Waco was in 93, from February to April. Basically, there was a cult, and the leader was... They were all living there, a bunch of people in the compound. And basically, it escalated to the point where a lot of people got killed. The line that sticks out with me most from the South Park episode is... There's a bunch of people in there planning to commit mass suicide, and we won't let that happen, even if we have to kill them. And that was right where my mind went right away was to to the whole Waco ordeal. After that, the most obvious part of relevance to me was Cher. Anytime they they openly mock a celebrity the way they did Cher, <laughs> and that was just probably one of my favorite parts of the episode in general. Like that always that always carries a lot to me, especially early on because they are picking out a specific celebrity and just saying. Here, you have it, which they continue to do throughout the series. The whole Charlie's Angels thing I thought was relevant to the time. Maybe not something we hear a whole lot about now, uh, but I remember, I think, 
there was a movie I meant to look that up. I know there was a movie that came out sometime around there that was a Charlie's Angels movie when it was getting its its big reboot. And then the last thing I put for relevance was the whole concept of, I guess, older people or even, I guess, people my age now going out and having a night where they're kidless so they want to experiment. Well, I can't necessarily say I relate to that. I understand the portion of, hey, I finally have a night where I don't have so much responsibility. I want to do something different. At the same time, you're older and you can't quite move at the same pace that you used to. It's uh, it's a catch-22. Maybe since you two are younger, you haven't quite hit that phase yet. I don't know. But... I think we're old ladies. <laughs> we like to be in bed before like 11, 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I still haven't hit that point yet, but I definitely felt that when they were talking about that. So that's why I came in with a full five. Um, now, Irreverence, Sophie, I think you started the last one. So Amanda, why don't you start here? Yeah, sure. Uh, I thought they were honestly right on with Irreverence. Like they're talking, literally talking about mass cult suicide and police shootings and making a little joke. Yeah, it was just too perfect. So I gave them a full five. I think that's fair. Uh, Sophie? Oh, nice. Yeah, I gave them a four. Um, no reason why I didn't give them a full five. I think maybe <laughs> I was just really focusing on the ATF and kind of what they were doing. And I wasn't thinking about everything else. And yeah, you're right. Mass suicide. That's uh, not really something to joke about. <laughs> I found a way to do it. <laughs> That's true. I will stick with my four, though. <laughs> that was what I had in my notes here. You know, the ATF, uh, the Waco connection again, how that was kind of uh, a heavy a heavy piece there. I also had a little comment in here about the Melvins. I meant to look that up to see if that was something. But at the same time, we relate to the idea of how kids are and how they treat those that they perceive as um, nerdier or geekier. And that's... Irreverence. It's a small form of irreverence, I guess, but it's there. And then, as you mentioned, mass suicide. So I came in with a 4.2. So we're all in that same range there, the higher range. So I think that uh, says a lot about where this episode was. Amazingly here, somehow, we've we've gone through, like, you, you hear the name of the, the title of the episode, and you think, this could go some really weird places, but the places it goes really aren't there you know at least not to this point point. and speaking of those things let's talk about our laugh score what kind of things made you laugh in this episode sophie <laughs> so surprisingly i only um scored it at a 3.9 not a four um and mostly because there were parts like with the supporting characters that had me in stitches like like we said all the jokes about the aft being like they can't kill themselves we have like but we'll kill them if we have to you know right so all those definitely made me laugh but then i think there were just lulls in the episode sometimes you know maybe if it is randy and gerald just having a little bit of bickering where it's like there's a small joke there that you might have like a little like a little smile but it's not like laughing super hard right Amanda? Uh, I was along the same lines as Sophie. I had a 3.5. I agree. There were some really great one-liners there. Like like you guys mentioned, we'll kill them. No worry. Um, Officer Barbrady, too, always just holds a special place in my heart. So anytime <laughs> it's mentioned, I'm cracking a stitch. Uh, but yeah, like, like Sophie mentioned, there were lots of lulls where it was like, hmm, okay, yeah, smiling, but not bursting out laughing as you are with some episodes. So definitely higher than some, but not as not as funny as others. So I actually matched one of you for the score again. 
and I'll explain who in a second. Just a couple things that made me laugh here. The whole hot tub experience in general is just, it's a big part of the episode, but it does make you laugh to look at that and just be like, huh, they were putting this on TV in, in the late 90s. Okay. And the fact <laughs> yeah. that it's Randy and, as we mentioned, Gerald, who you don't really think of being in that type of situation, definitely good for a laugh there. Uh, one little thing I noticed was in Mr. Mackey's room when Stan and the kids get up there, Mackey has a picture of himself on his nightstand. And to my knowledge, <laughs> knowledge. Mackey isn't married. So, I mean, is that common for people just to have a picture of themselves on, on their own nightstand? Yeah. I mean, I guess he's like, well, I gotta put something there. <laughs> right? Maybe but, he just got but, the frame, didn't know what to do with it, didn't want to be rude. Like, I don't know if I've ever taken a picture where I said, I look good in this. I'm putting this by my bed. <laughs> I can think of a few people who would do that. Yeah, that's true. It depends. 100% no people who would do that. However, I am not one of those people. And I never thought as Ma of Mackie as one of those people. Um, the Gans technique definitely made me laugh. That was when uh, they were trying to get everybody out of the house by bringing in the giant speakers and playing the uh, the share song, uh, which they were just listening to inside the house, so they didn't yes. notice. Was it was it Garrison that came up to Mackie and said, "Oh, what is this? This is," and he's like, "Oh, this is Cher's new album. This is great. Turn it up." I laughed at that whole scene way, way more than I should have. Oh, yeah, that, that might be a highlight. <laughs> the ATF agent who was playing fetch with the news reporter, I can't remember what he had, but he threw something, and the news reporter went and got it and brought it back. Good friend of the show, Donovan, used to work in the TV news, and so I always enjoy uh, some laughs at news people when they make those. And then <laughs> oh. my last little note I had here was when they're shooting the bow and arrow toilet plunger uh, somebody says, hit something nice and solid now, and it hits Barb Brady in the head. <laughs> Laughed way too hard at that as well. So I came in with a 3.9 hey. for my laugh score. You know, like when, when you, you get the same score as somebody and it's like a 3.5, you don't think much of it. But when it's a weird number, like a 3.9, it's like, wow, how did that happen? But it is, right? It was like, you don't want to give it a 4. Right. It's like, right. Nah. It's not a 4, but it's <laughs> close. <laughs> All right, let's talk about personal score, and this is a seven-point score, and this is just whatever you want it to be. Personally, what did this episode mean to you? I don't remember who started the last one, so let's start with Amanda. Um, I gave this one a 4.5. It's a great episode. It's definitely one that you look back and you remember, um, but to me, I felt like they hadn't quite found themselves with this one. Like, if they had done this topic a little bit later on it would have been just next level little next level but at the same time i do have quite a bit of respect for them for coming out with this episode in the 1990s like that is that is also quite brave and i was just thinking there as you were saying that i've never really thought about the concept of what if they would have taken this topic and applied it in season seven or mm -hmm. somewhere later when they knew what they were and they knew what they could get away with. That's an interesting thought there. Mm -hmm. Like when they could really push the, they knew what exactly what their limits are and where they can go and still get away with it. So like mm -hmm. to see them take the topics that they might not have delved quite into in the beginning part. Um, and then when they really found themselves, how, where they could have gone with that, like it could have been entirely different. That's going to be something I think about now, probably with every episode I watch. Thanks. I'm just bursting. I'm just shattering your glass today. I'm so sorry. Uh, Sophie, what was your personal score? 
I'm close with Amanda. I picked a five. Um, mostly because it, it was one of my favorite episodes of season three. But when I really do think about it, like, if someone was like, what's your favorite South Park episode? It's not that one, you know? Yeah. And I, I agree with you, Amanda. I wonder kind of if... I wonder if even if they would have been able to do it in later seasons, like, the, the jokes just wouldn't have hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different. What was funny back then might not be as funny now. They could, yeah, who knows what it would have looked like in 2022. See, my mind instantly went to what artists would they have picked on instead of Cher if they would have tried to do that now. Ooh, Ooh yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an answer for that. Would have been like a Mariah Carey? That's a question because... Um, so for you guys, because you've probably, you've watched way more South Park than I have. Is there a joke about shit, or not share, a, a joke about Mariah Carey coming out at Christmas kind of thing? Not that I'm aware of. Like Is they, it in this episode? Or, or just in, in general? In general, yeah. I, I don't think so. The biggest thing I can think of with Mariah Carey is her, her one song there. Is it All I Want for Christmas is You? Yeah. Yeah. That comes out at Christmas time, and so everybody, like, you just hear it everywhere you go. I think that's the joke with it. Right. It's like she's emerging from the cave. Right. Does now has South Park done something with that, or you just you're just saying in general? Yeah, that was kind of my question, but now okay. I'm like, I think okay. we're just giving them free ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could happen. It could very <laughs> well happen. Um, and I'm trying to think if they've made Mariah Carey a target before. I'm almost certain they have. That's a, that's another topic for another pod. I'm going to get too sidetracked here. <laughs> <laughs> back on track, back on track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Personal score, we're all in the same area here. I came in with a 4.3. Um, nowhere near my favorite episode. In fact, I would call this a very middle-of-the-road average episode. But there's two parts in it that just really stuck in my mind that I remembered when I saw it was this episode. I was like, oh, this is where that came from. Obviously, the whole share thing, I kind of explained that already, that this song had come out and how I like to use that to talk to people. They just so horribly butchered it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it was hilarious. I, I actually even looked it up on YouTube at some point, and somebody has cut the audio from that and made like a a longer video where that plays on for way longer than it needs to. <laughs> there are people out there like that. <laughs> the other thing that really stuck out to me pers- on a personal level was the negotiator. And that's because I remember watching this part of the episode at a friend's house, probably about that time, 13, 14. And then somewhere later the next day or a couple weeks later, we were going, I want to say we were going to a baseball game. And we were getting ready to get on a train, like public transport. And my friend's dad is talking with the people at the ticket counter. And he was talking to them for way too long. And my friend started calling his dad the negotiator. (laughs) And we kept calling him that for like 12 years, 15. Like, if I saw him today, I would still probably call him the negotiator, just based off that moment, knowing that it stemmed from South Park. So there's a little bit of a personal connection there, too. The South Park factor is basically an extra point, as in, I didn't like the number 44 when I made the scoring system, and so this makes it 45. (laughs) And so if this episode just had that South Park factor to it, it was weird, it was random, it is something from the South Park universe, would you give it the extra point? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) And I figure when we're talking about two guys naked in a hot tub, that's a, a pretty easy yes. Uh, there have been a couple episodes before that didn't get it, but it's it's rare that it happens. 
when all the episode scores are settled here, we're looking at, I came in the highest with an 18.4. Amanda came in with a 17.5. And Sophie is right behind with a 17.4. So the three of us are all in a one-point range there between 17.4 and 18.4. What I'm going to do now, I'm going to kind of let you two take over and talk about your favorite moment, your favorite quote, and your MVP for the episode. And while you're doing that, I'm going to put the numbers in the spreadsheet here and see where it ends up. All right. So, Amanda, this is the part of the episode where you're going to tell us your favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there's any listeners there who have heard, who have listened to our podcast, uh, you should know by now (laughs) that my favorite part of the episode is always Kenny. And so when there's no Kenny, I am slightly sad, but that's okay. We will, we will get through it. Um, so my favorite moment, of course, had to be when the ATF couple, or when the ATF shot that couple, <laughs> and everyone just agreed that they were moving, and they had to shoot. So the shooting was totally justified. And so, what was your favorite moment? We've brought it up multiple times, but definitely the share moment. Um, I think what really solidifies this part is when they're playing the exact same song in the house. <laughs> it's just, it's like, oh, and, and also you can hear it, right? The like, <laughs> yeah. Somehow nothing like share, but still kind of like the song. Share. <laughs> it's it's totally based on the uh, the the beat of the music is what I came down to with that. It was the only way that would make sense for it to sound that way. Um, how about? favorite quote uh well my favorite quote has actually been brought up many times throughout the episode um when we were talking about the uh oh don't worry we won't let that happen even if it means we have to kill each and every one of them (laughs) but i also thoroughly enjoyed when stan was trying to get the other the melvins to go upstairs and the one is like well why would we go up there it's just parents and stan says because you stupid melvins they have rad food and desserts upstairs Relatable. And after the food. I, I did remember being surprised that he used the word rad. Mm-hmm. It's apparently just that good. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, what was your favorite quote? quote? Well, honestly, anything that Commander Danny Gaz says. <laughs> but the main one I loved was where he said, Attention cult people, do <laughs> not commit mass suicide. There are so many reasons not to kill yourselves. Flowers, for instance, and back rubs. And then basically after that, he's like, I got no response. Bring in the negotiator. <laughs> yeah, and it was not uh, it was not a very long time he gave for a response either. No. <laughs> he's like, we already dragged the negotiator out, you know. Might as well use it. <laughs> okay, and who is your MVP for this episode? Uh, well, normally mine would be Kenny, but again, not <laughs> in this episode. So I will have to give it to Stan, because as I mentioned in the beginning, he made the best out of a terrible situation that all of us have been in. Sophie? And I'll be taking Commander Danny Gaz. <laughs> AFT I, in general. Kind of confused by your obsession there, but I, I absolutely respect it. <laughs> I, I think it's because, like, I had to look up what AFT was. ATF. So I was like, ATF. Or, yeah, ATF, sorry. <laughs> that, that really sold the point, though. I like it. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, right. It's like that is not ex- at all what I thought that would be. <laughs> yeah, um, they're not typically well received down here in the states. I would say, and South Park does a pretty pretty good job of hammering that point home. <laughs> Just to go over it quickly before we get to the scores, uh, my favorite moment was also the Gans technique. There was the conversation there between uh, the commander and Barb Brady, and then when they, they bring in the speakers. And we've talked about it enough. I mean, Cher might be the MVP of this episode. I just stepped on my right foot there. <laughs> uh, my favorite quote was from Butters, and I don't do impersonations because I'm terrible at them, but just hear this in Butters' voice. Oh, dear God, they're going to set us on fire. Oh, great Jesus, son of Mary, wife of Joseph, what are we going to do, huh? That was that was kind of our first real Butters freak out in the series, and so I had to go with that. And actually, I did not give Cher my MVP. I gave the MVP to Stan as well, because without his determination to get out of the basement, everything else would have gone terribly, terribly wrong. So when everything settled, two guys naked in a hot tub comes in at our 16th overall episode and up to this point this is the 39th episode we've done so it's in the top half uh the score is the the composite score is a 35.07 i came in with a total of a 35.4 amanda you had a 36 even and sophie you were at a 33.8 up to this point in the south park universe the first 39 episodes this one ranks 16th overall in our scoring system. What do you think of that, about where that fell, Sophie? I'm actually kind of surprised, um, maybe because I scored so low. Um, <laughs> but I'd be, so what is your number one currently? Number one is Chicken Lover. So for score purposes, it has a composite score of a 42.85. So it's a whole okay. seven and a half points behind. That makes sense, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chicken Lover is kind of quintessential early South Park years. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. could definitely see, though, that this episode, Two Guys Naked in a Hot Tub, will drop. Like, as you keep doing more, I, can, I can't I can see it staying kind of in the middle. Sure. And to give a little more... Um, context here the episode ahead it ahead of it at 15 is season one episode six death (laughs) which i believe is stan's grandpa maybe yes it's been that long i don't remember and then right underneath it at a 34.75 is cartman gets an anal probe the very first episode (laughs) (laughs) and also just real quick there was a 0.03 difference between death and two guys naked in a hot tub but what you were saying is you think this should be higher up no i'm i'm kind of actually surprised it's kind of in the middle yeah kind of yeah like i said i i wouldn't be surprised if as you're doing more and more episodes that this one just starts to drop lower and lower sure uh amanda what are your thoughts yeah i would uh, agree with sophie i think it's at where we've gotten so far in the series it's about in the middle um but as as they start to find themselves more and get even more matt and trey as we know they can get um i feel like yeah it'll start to drop back but it is one of those ones that won't go all the way to the end because it is it's two naked guys in a hot tub like it's it's a south park episode that everybody can remember (laughs) yeah when i look at where it's at i think it's pretty much the right spot like i see things underneath it that i i think were better but that's the the beauty of the scoring system is it's imperfect (laughs) (laughs) it's about it's about right i don't have any any major thoughts on it i can't say so and just since we're we're talking about 
where it kind of compares here. Season three, if we go on a season by season ranking, this comes in at our number four episode out of season three to this point. So eight episodes, this would be number four. So right in the middle of season three so far as well. Before we go, I'm going to give you two one more opportunity to plug your podcast. Say whatever you want about it. This is free advertising for you. Um, all my listeners, both of you, go go check them out. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and talk about your show a little bit. So yeah, if you guys love South Park, love talking about all, of, or I guess listening to all of those topics <laughs> in the irreverence uh, category, then come check us out. You can find us at I Learned Something Today on Spotify or wherever you really listen to podcasts, or you can follow us on um, on our socials at Two Female Prime Ministers. There's a story behind that, and I believe actually <laughs> we put something story? up about that. Yeah, we finally explained it, yeah. And I listened to that fairly recently too. So, yeah. um, interesting story there. But if you want to find out, you have to listen to the show. So as I, I get ready to exit here, I want to thank everybody for listening and continuing to listen. Uh, we talked about that before we started recording. How the numbers keep going up, and that's that's definitely a good sign for. For what we're doing, there's a, a appetite for South Park content out there. So thank you. Uh, if you would like to get more involved with the show, you can follow the blog that I never update at www.thespiritofsouthpark.com. You can keep up with us on Twitter at the SOSP. And if you really want to, you can join our Discord channel and see the shenanigans that are going on over there. All you have to do is check out our Twitter bio and you can find a link there or shoot me a message in the Twitter chat and I will get that to you. Um, Amanda, Sophie, I want to thank you both for coming in and covering this episode with me. It was a lot of fun. It was nice to have different voices and different thoughts and approaches here. And I cannot wait to publish this and get this out in like six months probably. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you both for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us and having us a part of this. And I, you know, you've inspired us to get our butts um, in editing and publishing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a race, right? We're going to have a race to see who gets 3.8 out first. Right. We'll get the listeners to do like a bet system. Like, you know, (laughs) it'll be like the scoring sheet. (laughs) I like it. Money on it. And then the winner gets like five episodes of an editor. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was thinking whoever loses has to edit the other one's podcast. That could be, that could be trouble. There you go. Any thoughts you have out there uh, listening land, let us know. Uh, But thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Thank you so much again. As always, I'll finish up here by thanking Alexander Nakarada for the theme song that you heard and the the, the outro music you hear playing right now. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, be a good person. Bye! fantasy then becomes reality. That doesn't make you gay. It's uh, not really something to joke about.